Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective. I'm your host, Dallas Taylor. And I'm Alexis. And for today's episode, we are going to be going over and discussing All New Wolverine by Tom Taylor. But before we get into that, I want to plug our socials right here in the beginning for all of you new listeners. Please go follow our Twitter account at CMX Collective, as well as our Instagram, The Comics Collective. Is our Instagram still a thing, Alexis? Does that exist? I forgot the password. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's what a killer move. All right, I so know. scratch that, everybody. We Don't got go... new phones, and so you can blame <laughs> Dallas. We had to get our own phone plan because we got kicked off our parents. So here we are. Oh, to be an adult. Um, Great. Also, right off the top, we would love it if you all would rate and review us on whatever you're listening to on or to right now. And also, please email us with questions and comments for our next and upcoming episodes. Our email is thecomicscollective at gmail.com. So please email us. We love having your questions. You guys are so much more intellectual than all of us and get the good, deep questions. <laughs> so please, you guys are so fun. Yeah. Uh, with with that, I, I mean, I totally agree. My The highlight of my week is getting the emails in for the show. So blast. please keep doing that. But with that, let's jump right into the show and introduce our guest. Uh, Laura, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, uh, I'm Laura. I like reading comics and talking about them when possible. Uh, and I'm a big fan of Laura Kinney, uh, obviously, so that's why I'm here today. <laughs> Perfect. We love it. I mean, that's got to be the only real qualification to be on this shit show, right? Because <laughs> you just have to like the book that we're talking about. Exactly. You just get thrown into the belly of the beast. Um, before we get into all this, what did everybody think of these first 12 issues of All New Wolverine? So I know like this wasn't my first time. I'm pretty sure it, I, it wasn't Laura's first time. But Alexis, what did you think of your first time through the first 12 issues of All New Wolverine? I thought it was so fun. I mean, of course, we all know like the classic... Wolverine Logan you know um but I will say I love this so much more and Laura as a character I feel like is I mean in my humble opinion is so much better of a Wolverine in her own way that like I enjoyed it much more than I have ever really reading about the past Wolverine so I thought it was super fun. I feel like I read through it so fast and it was just really, it just kept my attention the whole time. And I, I loved it. I love that. Uh, Laura, what's your experience with All New Wolverine? Well, All New Wolverine as a series uh, in regards to, in relation to the character of Laura, is very much a, a culmination of a lot of what's been building uh, with her story over the past, you know, decade uh, or more that she's been in uh, the comic scene. Uh, so it, it's a very refreshing uh, take to see a lot of the ideas realized and put into play by Tom Taylor and all the other people who worked on the book. And it, it definitely is one of the best, uh, uh, one of the best representations of the character of, of Laura Kinney that we've had so far. I love that. Honestly, like, 
it was my real introduction to the character. Obviously, she had shown up in things, and I was aware of her. But before reading All New Wolverine, I don't know that I really got Laura as a character. And I think that's one of the big strengths of this, honestly, is that it is a great jumping on point for anybody that wants to know about Laura Kinney, wants to know about Wolverine. I don't feel like it's a book that comes with a lot of baggage, which is kind of hard to say. I mean, Marvel's famous for releasing a thousand new number ones every couple of months, and they're not always actually the best jumping on point, but I do feel like All New Wolverine is an excellent jumping on point. It definitely is very isolated. You can just read it by itself and have a good time or read it with other stuff and enjoy it. So that's helpful. Yeah, I feel like it like gave just enough information of what has happened for it to make sense. And then I was like, okay, we're doing our own thing now. Like, bye. <laughs> I That's what I liked a lot about it. Definitely. Um, I guess, so with that in mind, what do we all think of Laura Kinney as Wolverine? It's like, as stupid as it sounds, it's a pretty controversial thing that comes up all the time. I mean, even in me on Twitter asking if anybody had questions for this. There was some, like, reply guy that was like, uh, why do you think it's even necessary to have a girl Wolverine? Tell me why the the series got canceled. That's the question I've got. And so, like, obviously this is something a lot of people are really heated about. I just want to know what you two think about Laura as Wolverine. Follow-up question. Uh, why not, Mr. <laughs> Tweeter? Um, but, no, I just think it's just so fun because I feel... With my past knowledge growing up and seeing things in the comic world and in the movies, Wolverine is displayed as a very aggressive and I would say masculine character. So to be able to, I guess you could say, take that away and create Wolverine into an actual woman who is a woman. Like I would say she is fully just great in what she does and she has lives her life unapologetically and I feel like that's such a fun new way to look at that character well she still has those badass characteristics of the claws the cool costume like just all that but still has the different aspect of being a woman and I I really enjoy it I thought it was super cool yeah, uh, it definitely represents to me a, a change in the Marvel uh, mindset, uh, at least when it uh, was introduced. Because for me, one of the big uh, barriers or issues with big two comics, Marvel or DC, is that they're afraid of uh, any lasting change or any real consequences. Uh, and that's how you get Spider-Man being, you know, the same thing for years, Batman being the same thing for years. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and Laura Kinney becoming Wolverine and Logan dying was a progression that really, you know, from a storytelling perspective, uh, added a lot of layers to the characters, both of them, and created a very interesting story. In my opinion, I feel like Logan should have stayed dead, if not just for a little longer. But... Uh, just simply having uh, acknowledged that Laura Kinney is also Wolverine uh, is a it's a big step in having characters actually uh, progress and change. It feels like a real legacy character, which is something that Marvel isn't always the best at. You know, I feel like Laura Kinney is a character like Wally West that has the potential to 
do everything their predecessor did, if not more. Um, and as a huge fan of Logan, I I love Logan. I've loved Wolverine comics for years. I think the death of Wolverine and the subsequent inheriting of the title by Laura Kinney was one of the most interesting things to happen to the character in recent memory. And so like, it, you can like both and see that this is a healthy and fun progression for the character. I think that Laura is a lot more compelling and heroic of a protagonist, if that makes sense. I was really struck reading through this time how how much more heroic Laura was than Logan is. You know, she she has that code of ethics that a superhero tends to have that the anti-hero that Logan has become doesn't always have. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Definitely. She uh she sort of in in relation to Logan as Wolverine, her story parallels his, of course, throughout the whole time, uh, and heavily relates to his. But you see how she rejects uh, the notions of of giving into the you know the necessary sometimes senseless violence or anger uh, that Logan often gives into, and that's not something that happens immediately. This is outside of the all new Wolverine run, but prior in other team books and her solos, you can see the journey of Laura Laura uh, trying to discover who she is and what she wants to be as a he- person and as a hero. I love that. I love that she like she has her own stuff going on and she's very clearly Logan's daughter. I think especially in the early issues of this run, I'm a huge, huge fan of the artwork on the first six issues. I think it's for me when Laura has looked the most like Logan and felt the most like sort of like the squat little brawler that I love so much with Logan. And it's fun to see her evolve past Logan and become her own independent person, but still feel very much of the Wolverine family, right? And I think something this this book as a whole, but particularly the two arcs that we read does really well is establish this feeling of family in the run that I love. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like that kind of segues us really perfectly into the next question, if I may. Um, I want to ask you guys, what are your thoughts of the storyline of the four sisters? I love it, but I'd love to hear from Laura first. Um, I I don't know if I have any, like, hard opinions on on that specific storyline. Definitely Gabby is a great addition to, uh, you know, both the story of Laura Kinney and Logan uh, and just to the story overall. I I definitely feel like uh, giving Laura someone who she's has to be protective over uh, generates a lot of interesting, again, parallels between her and Logan as they show with the flashbacks and stuff. Uh, so I, I definitely very much enjoy that they uh, introduce Gabby. Uh, Bologna, I, I believe, and Zelda, uh, while they don't have as prominent roles, I do think they are enter- entertaining characters to see, sort of, you know, bizarro version of Laura, if you will. Uh, and it was yeah. very fun to see how they all interacted with each other. Totally. Uh, it was almost interesting to see the more humane soft side of Laura with Zelda and the more hardened side with Bologna, like split in half 
you know, and occupying two different spaces. I thought that was a really fun trick to do and then show with Gabby what Laura could have been without all the garbage in her past. You know? Yeah, I I kind of feel like each of those four characters like represent a certain piece of Laura Kinney as a whole. And I feel like it was really interesting to see each of the parts of her own personality coming up as a whole person. Because, of course, we see the ultimate violence of um, Bellona. Yeah, Bel- yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. I was like, Bel- I wanted to call Bologna, her. Bologna, you know. Bologna, yeah, I Bologna. know. I was going to stumble across that. But then also, <laughs> like, um, we see that Zelda, she's very put together and she's very on task, which is another thing that we see with Laura. But also we get the input of seeing Gabby, who is younger, kind of seems a little more childlike. And we kind of are paired with those scenes of Laura actually as a child and her experiences with Logan and wanting that that strong parent figure in her life, but she never got it. So I feel like it was very interesting to see how she, I feel like she kind of wrecked, she definitely what she was doing by pushing her away. And so she went full force and embraced being able to give Gabby what Lara never got. And I, I really enjoyed that. And I liked how we got to see the different um, aspects with the different sisters. I really liked that this was almost an, it very much was lone wolf and cub, but it was almost an inversion of that with Laura being a maternal figure instead of a paternal figure, mm-hmm. like the classic trope is. And just seeing how she can be, so much more of what Gabby needs than what say like Logan could be, you know? And obviously I now have the advantage of years and years more of storytelling and seeing Gabby's relationship with Logan in the current new mutants run is really fun, but like her and Laura have something so special. And I think that she is special to Laura as well. I think she was a huge part in ushering Laura towards adulthood. Maybe, Laura, you can let me know a little bit more about this. I I haven't read a ton of the X-23 stuff before this. Um, I mean, it's on my to-read list. But do you feel like All-New Wolverine was a step forward for Laura as like into becoming an adult? Or was this kind of the status quo coming into the book? This was definitely uh, a, a continuous move forward, uh, for sure. And it... it... It, it makes a lot of sense with the story that had been told prior, as I said earlier. Uh, sorry, what was the question again? I just spaced out uh, for a moment. No, I was just going to say, do you feel like this book sort of leapt Laura into being more of an adult figure? Or do you feel like that was already kind of the status quo when the series started? I don't think Laura as a character ever really had a chance to be a kid in the first place. There's never really... a you know, she's never really had the chance to have a childhood. But I do think that this series opens her up to so many more uh, emotions and experiences that she had previously uh, uh, avoided. Because she's a very guarded uh, person. She was a very guarded uh, character. She didn't really trust too many people. And she what, what had a good reason. She was pretty much just surviving for most of her life. 
this is her first time really settling down and connecting to people and trying to build something rather than just survive. And I think that's very uh, important for the character. Definitely. I love the found family aspects of the run. You can already start to see it in this first little bit that we read. But Laura has a habit of collecting people that are important to her. And I'm a sucker for that trope, honestly. And so it's fun to see Laura and Gabby pick up an old man, Logan, who had his own crap going on at the time, and pick up a Jonathan the Wolverine, you know, and just create this little family unit that uh, snicks its way into your heart, I guess. Um, but I we're mixing it up a little bit this week. We are going to intersperse the listener questions throughout. And so the first listener question comes from Erica Zana of the Geeksplain podcast. Eric says, hello all. Hope you're doing well. I'm so excited you're talking about the one and only Wolverine. It was <laughs> yes. a revelation at the time, and I'm glad that Laura's recent promotion to the main X-Men lineup is getting people to go back and read her series. And to that point, I'd like to pose these questions to each of you. So question one, what do you think is Laura's defining story? Ooh. Question two, do you think Laura should get another solo in the Hickman era? Who would you have on the book? And question three, since Logan is featured on other teams in the past, Avengers, Defenders, etc., would you like to see Laura appear as Wolverine on other teams? Can't wait to listen to this episode. You all rock. Snicked. Also, super heavy rules. Eric, super heavy does rule. And we're going <laughs> to talk about it someday. Uh, best regards, Eric Azana of the Geeksplain podcast. So, uh, I mean, maybe back to that first question of his, what do you think is Laura's defining story? Definitely the squirrel arc with squirrel. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Totally I kidding, mean, it's essential. It's so <laughs> yeah, good. Like, what a beautiful standalone. Introduction of Jonathan. Best part. I don't know. What do you think, Laura? You, you're the expert. You've read more than we have. Yeah, it depends on what we're uh, defining as, a, you know, a story here. For me, it's the theme of, uh, the, the big theme, if you want to go throughout all her books, and that they come back to in, I know it's not the 12 issues we're talking about, but in the next trade in Enemy of the State 2, uh, is about her, you know, deciding is she a real person her her own self-validity uh and with the pinocchio metaphor that's my favorite thing that tom taylor brought back uh i don't know if you're there yet so i'm sorry it's spoiled but like, no, i've, you, I've you read know, the yeah. whole thing so yeah um and, and that by bringing that back it connects all of her stories uh laura's journey is as with a lot of uh characters a journey of self-discovery and but really self-acceptance to me uh, so I think uh, definitely all new Wolverine in uh, the enemy of the state trade uh, culminated that all uh, during that whole event with Kimura and when Gambit and everyone came back. So for me, that's my favorite story. I dig, I dig. I love the last story arc of the all new Wolverine run. Uh, I don't want to get into too many specifics because I very much want Alexis to read the rest of this run. But I'm just close. sort of, just sort of seeing what, like, where the characters end up and who they become was really satisfying for me. 
And I think now coming back and exploring more of the middle between that last arc and where the fifth trade left off has been really fun. You know, because I feel like during this Krakoa era, we have seen the little tiny snippets of Laura that we get in this era. I want more Laura. And so I'm very excited that she's on the X-Men solo title. But I think we're even seeing her become more of who we saw that she would become at the end of this run. Um, Alexis, based on what you've read so far, has there been a defining moment? I really feel like, personally, of like the, the original 12 books that we read for this podcast specifically, I feel like the most defining moment and the one that kind of stands out to me the most is when Lara has that kind of flashback of her as a child with Logan and begging him to stay. And I feel like her making the decision to stay for Gabby was a very defining moment in her story and as well as Gabby's story. And I feel like it may not be like totally defining her character as a whole, but I feel like it definitely defines a very large and prominent part of her as a character. And I really liked seeing those parallels with her own childhood and her realizing that she needs to be the one that's there for Gabby. I like that a lot. I honestly, I think that's huge as well. And I know like you joked at the beginning that the squirrel girl issue <laughs> is a big deal, but like, I feel like it is kind of a big deal. I you loved know? it. It was funny. I think that we really get to see Laura let her walls down and yeah. just the little end where Doreen just makes up a whole speech for Laura. In squirrel language. <laughs> but yeah. it's not actually what the squirrel said at all. It ruled. And it was so much of what Laura needed to hear. And you can see after that issue, the lessons from that little speech start to set in. Mm -hmm. And Laura to start to allow herself to be the good person that she is. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right. So question two from Eric. Do you think Laura should get another solo in the Hickman era? Who would you have on the book? I think she should always have a solo. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, and I myself may not love the Hickman era, era currently, there has been a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of change. And it's been it's been refreshing in a way to see a lot of new ideas, even if I may not like all of them. Uh, but uh, I, I would love to see Laura get a book at any time, and especially now. I feel like it, it would be a great idea. Uh, as for who I'd want to write it, I really, if she was getting another solo, I want Marjorie Liu to come back. Uh, Marjorie Leo, I, I, if that's how you pronounce it, she wrote the a bunch of the original X-23 solos, and they were phenomenal. I feel like she gets the character. Uh, perfectly, and I want to see what more she has to say, because there's a lot I know she wanted to do, but Marvel didn't let her, and maybe they will now. That would be fun. Um, I I mean, I'm a very big fan of the Krakoa era, but I, I mean, there are more eyes on the X-Men now than there have been in years, so like, I would love to see Laura take a little bit more of the spotlight, especially right now where X-Force and Wolverine are basically just the same book twice from Benjamin Percy. And while it's an interesting book, I don't think we need the redundancy. So I would love to see Logan and the evil CIA pals hang out over in X-Force and give the Wolverine title over to Laura. And I think as far as a creator that I would love to see take a crack at Laura, I would actually love to see Kelly Sue DeConnick. I think that she has 
a habit of really elevating characters and making them almost operatic. I think her time with Captain Marvel was really special. I really enjoyed her time with Aquaman. And, I mean, her creator-owned stuff, like Bitch Planet and... Uh, <laughs> Bitch yeah, Planet that, is great. Bitch Planet rules. And it, it, It's funny you mentioned that, because I was just... I, I have thought about... I, I would love to see, like, a, a series in this... I don't see it happening because I doubt Marvel would greenlight it, but of just like Laura and maybe Jessica Jones, uh, like doing stuff together. And I, I forget what my exact idea was, uh, but they would go around like solving crimes and stuff together. That was my idea of a, a series that could be fun. That would That'd be, be fun. Um, yeah, honestly, thinking about Jessica Jones, I think Kelly Thompson could actually kill it with Laura. I feel like I tend to think of Kelly Thompson as a more comedic writer. And but I don't want to, like, put her in the corner. She writes some really great stuff. And I really liked her time with Jessica Jones. Uh, I think my main my main push, though, for Laura is I would love a Kelly Sudaconic book that really sort of got weird with the character. Let the character be really big. Let the world around her be really big. And basically, I want more women to spend time with Laura Kinney, writing Laura Kinney is my big thing. Uh, what do you think, Alexis? Do you think Laura should have another solo series going forward? Of course. I mean, I'm still going to finish the one that we're currently on, but I think that it would be so fun to just give her more opportunity to shine as a character. Um, and I thought it was super fun seeing her with all these different characters that we did see her with in the, in all new, um, I thought it was fun to see the little snippet of Captain Marvel and Iron Man and Captain America show up. Like, I just wasn't expecting those. And so I just feel like there's such a wide opportunity of who she could interact with. And um, I know you did kind of mention her on the storyline of with our um, Krakoa. But, of course, we all know how I feel about Marauders and Captain Kate Pride. So... Maybe those two could hang out because we all know that they're both great. So I don't know, just maybe a little bit more on the island. I think I might want to see that. I think that'd be fun. I think it'd be fun to have a solo series for Laura that has flashbacks to her time in the vault. I mean, mm -hmm. I think I think all of us were a little bit baited by the vault. We were like, oh, it's going to be crazy. And while I enjoyed what we got, there was obviously so much more that happened that we didn't get to be privy to. Yeah. And so I would love her sort of secondhand finding out the things that happened in there and sorting through all of that. And maybe that that'll be awesome. a part of the X-Men solo, but who knows? Um, but third question from Eric. Since Logan has featured on other teams in the past, Avengers, Defenders, etc., would you like to see Laura appear as Wolverine on other teams? I mean, my big brain pitch is Laura Kinney should spend more time with Spider-Man. Like Wolverine you think and Spider everyone should spend time with Spider Man. I agree, they, but like, they have met feet before. I know it multiple would just be times. it would be so fun. I mean, Wolverine and Spider Man have such a a long history of having team ups and hanging out. And it doesn't even have to be Peter Parker. Like any of the spider adjacent people I think would be really fun with Laura. Like Miles hanging out with Laura seems so cool to me. I want it. I want a Spider-Man and Wolverine book where it's the legacy <laughs> characters and they talk about how they're traumatized. Yeah. How they like <laughs> they have big shoes to fill, but how they also don't want to be like the punks that came before them. I don't know. I think it would be great. 
What do you guys think? Do you want to see Laura on more teams? Uh, for sure. I mean, I'm of the opinion that honestly, sometimes team books are better for characters than solos. I just have it, having team and ensemble books with uh, a rotating cast or uh, a few core characters can really help you develop strong dynamics between them and uh, uh, evolve each one in interesting ways. So I think Laura Kinney, of course, in any book is is great uh i'd love to see her in more of everything but definitely i would love to see uh as we're going to with the x-men series but her in more team books because i i like seeing her relation to other uh heroes i like it do you have a specific team that you want to see her on uh not not one comes to mind i did love her i i don't want her on x-force but i i do i will say that x-force volume three when the one when she was on x-force is one of her uh best books and uh in my opinion one of the best uh uh stories with her i mean i know that you want her on jason aaron's avengers you can just say it I, I I genuinely don't. I'm not part of this debate. I haven't read any Avengers. <laughs> I've read A Force. So like I bow out. She can lead A Force. <laughs> I think she could be fun in A Force. A Force was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right, Alexis, do you have a specific team that you want to see her on? I kind of want to play the devil's advocate and say that I like her better solo. Mm-hmm. I feel like she. Because there's so much gravity given to her character by the internet, you know, people hating on the fact that Wolverine's a girl now. Oh my gosh. I feel like it could be very easy to brush her under the rug in a team. I feel like they could kind of diminish her character and make her less entertaining. I mean, of course, 100%, I see the other side and I could see how she would flourish. But I feel like I I like the fact that they're letting her be her own thing and create her own space as a character without having to feel like they have to bunch her with somebody else, you know? And I mean, she kind of already, being Wolverine, she's already bunched with Logan. But I mean, I kind of like that she's the lone wolf and she's figuring out her life, you know? I I don't know, I like that insight of her just being a, a different character than what we're used to without without a team. I I, I also agree with that, funnily enough, uh, in, in certain ways. I definitely feel that, uh, and this is more because of the other solos, but I feel like Laura shouldn't be with the X-Men. Yes. Uh, I definitely think she should be, uh, if she's going to be somewhere, it should either be outside the X-Men alone or outside the X-Men doing stuff with other people. Uh, she can still interact with the X-Men, of course. They're half of the Marvel Universe, pretty much. Exactly. Uh, but as as a it doesn't as a from a storytelling perspective, uh, she definitely works better and should be in, in a space that's detached from the whole uh, big mess that is the X-Men. Agreed. I honestly very, feel very this. Well I feel the exact same way about Logan, honestly. I think the Wolverines in general do a better job when they're off doing their own thing. The Foxman movies made them too important. Like, when you go back and read the Claremont stuff, Wolverine is a very interesting minor character that, like, slowly got a larger role. But, like, if you've read any 
X-Men comics from the last 20 years, it's Wolverine and pals. And I feel like Laura sort of inherited that. And I would love to see the Wolverines go back out and do their own thing and let the X-Men do their own weird thing. You know? Exactly. So I honestly, I really agree with both of your takes on that. Well, perfect. Because it's right. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. Because I'm right. Just kidding. Okay, uh, next question. What do you guys think of the development of Laura as a hero? And what would you like to see from her character in the future? I kind of wrote this question with her existential crisis in mind with her wanting to be good and spare people's lives um so i want to know like what you guys think about that i mean she definitely was presented with so many opportunities that i mean killing the people would have ended a lot of her problems but what do you think of her development as a character and a hero well i definitely want to see her uh, continue building as she has been from uh, with all new Wolverine. They've backtracked a bit since then, but I do think her character has been moving forward at a steady pace for uh, most of her uh, lifespan. So I, I, I want to continue like how in the final issues of uh, all new Wolverine we see, we see all the things that Laura has built over time, not to spoil anything, but uh, everything that she's accomplished in that time. I want to see her continue to uh, put her best foot forward and be more than what people thought she could be, and to put not necessarily her past behind her, but to acknowledge it and stand on top of it. I like that. I Honestly, Laura Kinney's sort of in the sweet spot right now between 15 and 25, where Marvel actually lets people have character growth. So, like, I want to capitalize on that. <laughs> I want to see her continue to grow and thrive. And I, I do think it's interesting in the Hickman era of X-Men, she seems to have become, like, a little bit more solemn and dour like Logan, whereas, like, she, ha- she sort of had, like, a soft edge underneath it all whenever in all of the tom taylor stuff i've read so i've read all new x all new wolverine and i've read x-men red that is honestly like a continuation from tom taylor on these character threads and there's a softness to laura that i haven't seen in the krakoa era that i want to see return with the character i i agree it that's it definitely feels like they've regressed a bit with her character what with at first going back to x-23 now they've rectified that uh, but even the X-23 got uh, that Laura had been opening up. She had been becoming more uh, open to other people. And although we've only seen her in little bits uh, in the Krico area, from a glance, it does seem like she's being written as if she was uh, who she was 10 years ago. Yeah, I don't really love strong, silent type Laura. I feel like she's come too far to to be that way anymore and especially i've been so sad at like her being absentee pseudo mom for gabby in new mutants basically i'm trying really hard to steer this podcast actually into vita ayala's new mutants run where gabby is a star that's actually what i want to talk about but i'll keep coming back here it's just (laughs) it's been sad to me for me to see gabby not being able to rely on laura in the same way that i'm used to from their time together Definitely. I mean, I feel like that's intentional, right? Vita is an incredibly talented writer. 
And I think there will be ramifications. There is obviously a story there. It's just frustrating that I have to read it month by month instead of in one giant chunk. Like I got to read Tom Taylor's stuff, but that's just me being whiny, honestly. Um, what did you think of the character growth, Alexis? I thought it was fun. I mean, um, we, I only got a snippet of it, of course, but I could already tell like kind of just what you said, I could see her softening up and becoming less angsty and broody and, Ooh, I'm going to have a big cloak and sit in the dark, you know? And I really liked how she had that softer side with Gabby and, um, was able to, and I also was even able to joke around while looking for a squirrel, you know, like it's the little things. I feel like she has so much potential as a character to have that depth. But, um, of course I'm excited to read more about and see where she's going. I like it. So here I am again, trying to steal the show for my number one girl, Gabby Kinney. Um, what is your favorite Gabby Kinney moment from all new Wolverine? I very much have one that is not in what we read today and I'm just going to say it anyway. That's but fine. Maybe Alexis, mm-hmm. if you want to go first since. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll go first. I'll stuff. go first. Um, so my absolute favorite one, um, so far is of course we see, we're introduced to her as kind of a fun, bubbly, younger, more naive version of these hardened clones of Laura. And I feel like my favorite part was when they were bringing down the bunker and she asks Laura to be able to talk to that scientist alone. And when we actually see her threaten him for the first time of her actually being truly violent with someone. And I just loved to see that she made the choice herself to not kill him, even though she totally could. And I just thought that was such a cool look into her character because she was definitely presented as like the kid, the little kid of the book, you know? Gabby Kinney is a good person, and yes. she's she is very special. Uh, how about I you, Laura? What do you think? Yeah, I I would say mine. Uh, it it for these twelve issues is early on when you don't really you know know her that well yet, but she puts uh the cut off fingers back near the guy's hand. He plays oh, piano. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like so that tells cool. you exactly the type of character she is. Uh, oh. with what one little small joke detail. Uh, and it, it definitely, you know, it, it you instantly know what type of character it is. It shows how she's compassionate, but also she will cut people's fingers off. It's it's great. It's so, so, so good. All right, now I feel like a jerk for saying one that's past the 12 issues that we read. But, oh well. I'm the one that has to edit this thing. So I'm going to do whatever I want. I think the best Gabby Kinney moment in the whole All New Wolverine run is when she gets her superhero name. And I'm not going to spoil what that superhero name is because basically I just want to like dangle a carrot in front of Lexus to get her to read this. I already am. I know. I know. But like, I want you to actually read it all. And so she gets her superhero name, which is perfect. And I'm really sad that they've like sort of backtracked that. But there's this double page splash where she pictures herself on all of the iconic Wolverine covers over the years. 
but it's a picture. It's like her doing the things, and it says her superhero name instead of Wolverine. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's so fun to see her, seeing herself filling the shoes of these characters that I love so much. Um, and I've also, again, plug for Vita Ayala's New Mutants. I, I've loved seeing her be sort of the moral compass of this really young generation of mutants that we're meeting. I think that a lot of her sweetness that's present in the all-new run is back in New Mutants. And you get to see that, I mean, I've been saying it on Twitter for the last couple of days, she is a sweet baby angel. And like, yes, she might cut off your fingers, but she'll leave them by you in case you're a pianist. And I think that's really sweet. I'm excited to see her grow as a character over the years. All right. So we now have our next listener question. This one is from Doug from the YouTube channel for Every Kind of Geek. And Doug writes in, Hey, Dallas, Lexi, and Laura. All New Wolverine did a fantastic job of elevating Laura's character by making the title of Wolverine a mantle. Do any of you have a favorite minor X character you'd like to give this treatment to? Happy podcasting. So are there any other X-Men characters that you would like to see become, like, either get a legacy character or become a legacy character for someone else? That is such a good question. For me, some characters that I would love to see legacy with, I would love to see the Stepford Cuckoos grow up a little bit. Obviously, my favorite X-Men is Emma Frost. I think she is wonderful. And I think... You stole mine, damn it. (laughs) I'm good at that. You are the Uh, worst. Maybe I should just go first for everything. Honestly? I only have a certain list of characters I know. Do it, you coward. Um... I would love to see the Stepford Cuckoos grow up a little bit and become more fully fleshed out characters. I think being introduced to them in New X-Men, which was my introduction to the whole X-Men universe, was really great and it endeared them to me. And while I think it's been really funny and fun to watch uh, most of them date Kid Cable and poor, poor Esme date Quentin Quire, who Quentin Quire is here i'm gonna go down a rabbit hole that no one asked for quentin choir and his like i don't even know i want to say like himbification but he's not a himbo just like him becoming sort of like cool e-boy guy is the worst thing that's ever happened i hate it he was like this creepy awful little incel kid that grant morrison predicted the whole incel movement was like this is what i bet kids will be like in 10 years and he made this awful little boy named Quentin Quire. And everyone senses like, aha, he's got pink hair. Let's make him a charmer. And I hate it. I hate it so much. So there's that. I don't know if anyone has Quentin, hot Quentin Quire takes, but, oh, I want to see the cuckoos past him. Uh, I, I don't care enough to, like, hate him, really. But I... I def I feel the same distaste when I see him in a comic as when I see Rachel Berry from Glee. Ooh, uh, ooh, true. I, I just I just don't like it. And I know I I have some friends and stuff who who love the character for their own reasons, and that's great. So I don't uh you know go looking for stuff to not like. But personally, I'm not I'm not a big fan of Quentin. 
honestly, Rachel Berry would create the Sentinels. And Glee is really just a low-budget rendition of the X-Men, the more I think about yeah. it. I made a Twitter thread on that once. Yeah, I I love that. Wait, who is Sue Sylvester for you? Who is she I, in the X-Men? I forget. She, what an iconic character. I'll Over, see if I can find it. That was like my big pandemic watch through. My wife was like, have you ever seen Glee? I was like, no, I haven't. She's like, you're about to. <laughs> and we watched all of Glee. And I'm yeah. going to come out and say it. It was entertaining. It, it was yeah. hot garbage. And I mean That's hot garbage I, as a term of endearment. Yeah, absolutely. I, I watched it for the first time last summer because my sister was like, do you want to watch Glee? And I was like, sure. You're like, not uh, particularly, but okay. I got really attached to all the actors and characters. Uh, it's not good, but it's also the best thing I've ever seen at times. So, like, do with so that true. really well. I feel like 2020 was the year of all of us watching something we said we'd never watch. And then being like, well, what else am I going to do? And <laughs> then we all watched guy. Glee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was me with Glee. That was my wife with Love Island. Oh my gosh, like, that show makes me so uncomfortable. I love Love Island. No, we can't bring that onto this podcast. I'm pumping the hate breaks right there. Cut it out. Boo. But <laughs> yeah, Rachel Berry definitely has made Sentinels. And she's an enemy to the X-Men. <laughs> oh I don't even remember where we were before this. Should we move on to the next question? Yeah, sorry, Doug. I don't think we answered your question. I didn't have anyone as Sue Sylvester, but I did have Professor X as Mr. Shu, so. Mr. Shu should be in jail, and so should Professor yeah. X. So yeah. should so Professor you're X. Right. You're right. Honestly, I hate Mr. Shu. Like, if there was one fictional character that I could Thanos snap out of existence, I think I'd pick Mr. Shu. And, like, the show's canceled. He can't hurt me anymore, and I would still retroactively do that. That's how much disdain I have for Mr. Go back through, through Netflix and scrub him out. Exactly. Like, if I was just given unlimited power for a day, people would be like, what would you do if you could do anything? And honestly, pretty high on my list would be erasing Mr. Shoe from history. So, like, I don't know what that says about my priorities. It would be helpful, too, because then the episodes would be half as long and you you could binge them easier. And they'd be nicer. And you wouldn't have to be like, hmm, that's a creepy relationship between that 40-year-old high school student and that 40-year-old teacher. I wonder what the overlap is of comic fans who listen to podcasts and people who have watched Glee. Anyways, what's the I next bet question? <laughs> I bet we'll find out after everyone listens to this episode. I bet it's yeah. high. Honestly, anyone that's 48 minutes into this podcast has signed up for a Glee podcast. I can't, <laughs> I can't like, this is your fault. Spoiler, if you stay never this seen long, Big you've never seen Glee? Nope. Alexis, you've never seen Glee. I lived it. I don't need to watch it. I lived it. You I was are a, a kid, kid growing up. I How, lived it. They literally made a documentary about your life, and you were like, nah, I'm I good. I know, because I have suppressed guys. it. I swear. If I, I had I watched it, it, you had to sister, watch it. My sister's a theater major. Yes. I don't need to watch it. I lived it. I was there. It all Sometimes I felt like at my college, I was just in an episode of Glee. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, BYU, that tracks. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's a, it's a weird school. It's, it's a school for theater kids and overachievers. And somehow yeah. that's where I ended up. That tracks. But... 
final question from me. Uh, my favorite moments in this read-through were the Finn Fang Foom moments. What is another character you want to see go toe-to-toe with Finn Fang Foom? I'm going to say Rachel Berry or Mr. Shu <laughs> goes toe-to-toe with Finn Fang Foom. That was such a... That took me so off guard when all of a sudden this giant, like, sea monster dragon just appeared. I was like, oh, now I see why Dallas wanted to read this. This is... This is knockoff Godzilla. Okay. Honestly, I think Fin Fang Foom would give Godzilla a run for <laughs> money. That's mine. I want him to fight Godzilla or Kong. Kong, Kong's a bitch. He would die. I'm sorry. Oh, it's true. He kind of. I want to see their like Ant Man and people who get small fight him because oh. I feel like that would be funny. <laughs> or like, all the heroes. Him. All the heroes who don't have powers. <laughs> Either or. Not Matt Murdock versus Fin Fang Foom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the street level heroes and just be like, like put them in a field in Wyoming and be like, do it. Yeah, get, Go for on. it. Dallasm in the pheromone. All right. This is a, a tangent. I'm getting to the tangent part of the podcast, so we got to wrap, wrap up soon. We got, um, we got a few minutes left. Matt Murdock in Wyoming is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Like, his sonar goes out and there's just nothing. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I'm blind again. Great. <laughs> cow. There's just a singular antelope out and a firework stand. Anyone that's not from around Wyoming, I'll describe it to you. There's nothing, and then there's a firework stand that's manned by an antelope. And that's the whole state. It's true. So that's where Fin Fang Foom is actively killing... Matt Murdock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Moon Knight. And, yeah, Moon Knight. I'm sorry. Everybody that's excited about the Moon Knight series, that's great. I want Fin Fang Foom to be the first villain in that series. <laughs> Just it's ends six, the series. It's a six issue mini <laughs> because Fin Fang Foom kills Ma- Moon Knight at the beginning. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. The rest is just the funeral. (laughs) It's just like 20 more issues of the funeral. It is melodramatic. (laughs) I would like Marvel to give me the Fin Fang Foom 12-issue maxi series. (laughs) Where he just goes around eating people. Fin Fang Foom. Fin Fang Foom versus the Marvel Universe. Written by Dallas Taylor. Drawn by Steve Lieber. This is what I want. So... Right after I get done scrubbing Mr. Shu from all of history, then my next act as omnipotent Dallas for the day is to make this comic book. My gosh. I need it. It would be so funny. Or, all right, here's my pitch. My 12-issue maxi Fin Fang Foom series. I want it to be a dating series. No. He meets the other big stupid monsters from Marvel Comics. And... We just see where it goes, you know? They introduce the idea of a Fin Fang pheromone in this series. So there is clearly someone out there for Fin Fang Foom. I think it might be the monster from the front of Fantastic Four number one. That might be who he ends up with after he kills Matt Murdock. But I don't know. Who knows? There it is. This podcast has gone so far in the wrong direction the past three minutes that I don't even know what's happened. So anyway, thanks for listening to this all-new Wolverine <laughs> podcast. About giant dragon at the end. It's topical. He was in the trailer for Shang-Chi. So... 
pretty cool. Uh, Alexis, like I watch movies. <laughs> I can't even read. Uh, Alexis, do you want to read this last listener question and then we'll get the heck out of here? Of course I do. Okay, so this is from Comic Bandwagon. Um, they ask, since becoming Wolverine, Lara has shown... S- oh, wow. Restarting. Since becoming Wolverine, Lara has now had quite a few Wolverine costumes. There's her original blue and yellow suit, her gray and black X-Force suit, her old woman Lara suit, and now her Dawn Reign of X suit. Out of all of those, which costume is your favorite and why? The 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 biker one. The one where she has a jacket. Whenever heroes have jackets, it ups the it ups the quality in exponentially. I Somewhere, think it's, it, it's the gray and black one. Uh, that that's the one for me. Somewhere, Jim Lee just felt the shiver down his spine, and he was like, <laughs> "Oh, somebody said jacket on a superhero." Me, wow. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, I think my favorite Laura Kinney outfit is the one where she looks like <laughs> Fin Fang Foom, and she's actually just Fin Fang Foom. <laughs> Um, or, or the one where she's uh, in Carol Danvers' clothes that she borrowed. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was fun. <laughs> that, that do it for you, Alexis. <laughs> it just, it, it it's just the implications. Yeah, like, none of us are brave enough to be, like, just mm-hmm. jetpack. But um, I think blue and yellow, for me, is my honest okay, answer. I'm going to say the same thing. Like, I'm such a sucker for blue and yellow Wolverine outfits. I would love brown and yellow, like the Claremont outfit for Logan. I think that would be really cool to see Laura get. And this isn't Wolverine era, but my favorite, uh, another of my favorite Laura outfits is uh, the Captain Universe one she has. So I don't even think I've seen that one. Well, you better get reading. I've just got so much Fing Feng Foom to write. I don't know if I'll get to it, but that sounds cool. When was she Captain Universe? Uh, a couple times. What? Yeah. I feel like, honestly, I feel like Captain Universe gets passed around the Marvel Universe a little bit like an STD. Like, it feels like everybody's had it at some point, and you're, but you're always still like a little bit surprised. You're like, really? Venom? Yeah, her... Venom universe? <laughs> Captain Universe? <laughs> Her, Susan Storm, and uh, Spidey all teamed up at one point, and they were all Captain Universe together, kind of. It's, yeah. It's in X-23. Go read it. (laughs) All right, perfect. Um, Well, that's all I've got for the show today. Alexis, do you have any intelligent things to say? Maybe not intelligent, but just... (laughs) It's got to be better than what I'm putting out at this point. See, no, I feel like we've said all the good things. I feel good. This series is incredible. I honestly adore it. I think everybody should go and give All New Wolverine a read. Obviously, we only cover the first 12 issues because we're busy. We've got a lot of glee to watch. (laughs) Um, But I think everybody, honestly, this is a fantastic 36-issue run of comics. It's complete. It's got beginning, middle, and end. And I think you could do a lot worse than reading all new Wolverine. Uh, Laura or Alexis, do you have any final thoughts about all new Wolverine before we dip out of here? I I just send a message that uh, if you haven't read this run and you're still here, wow. Uh, but also go <laughs> read it. Uh, 
if you have read this run, I heavily encourage you to go read her other solos and team books. They're honestly all really good. There's not really a bad solo, which is nice. Uh, and if you have done all of that, I'd say go read The Wicked and the Divine. That's all. Uh, the Wicked and the Divine. I got some thoughts about that book, but that's for another podcast. Uh, Alexis, do you have any final thoughts for our lovely You better viewers? have me on again, then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a pin in that. We'll plan it. We'll discuss. But I feel good. I was just going to say the same exact thing. Just go read it. If you stuck around this long, bless your heart. If you didn't, I don't blame you. But what the love hell? you all. I think it's been fun. <laughs> it's mean. And I, I just think it's been fun. It's been great. It's I love great. The end of this episode is going to be me being defensive about my ramblings. <laughs> yeah, about your rabbit yeah. holes and tangent. There's no better way to go out on this podcast than me being defensive and stroking my own ego. So that's where we're going to cut it. Thank you, everybody. It's been a week. Talk to you next time. Bye. Yeah.